Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast hosted by three friends who are Canadians. I'm doing a bad job because we have special guests and I'm very nervous about it. Anyway, I'll get to them. <laughs> My name is Billy Schultz and I'm joined by Alex Wan and Luke Mason, uh, who are my co-hosts. How are you doing today? I know I usually ask you one at a time. This is, I'm throwing a wrench in the works already. <laughs> Alex, how are you? Okay, I'm I'm good. I thought we uh, we decided last week that I'm not actually a host. I'm just a special guest every week. Yes, but I've done this a hundred plus times, and I've called you a host every time. So it's going to take me time to unlearn it. I've got to get it, get the new vocabulary in. But uh, we'll... okay, this this is your weekly reminder. Okay, um, I'm I'm I don't host anything. I just uh, <laughs> I yell I yell angrily when I watch a bad movie, and I'm happy to be here. All right, great to see you. And uh, joining me also, moonlighting as a co-host on this podcast is Luke Mason. I remember that one. How are you doing, Luke? Man, it's talent to moonlight in the daytime. So I'm yeah. pretty good. <laughs> you're you're a pro, and that's that's not all. Actually, we are joined by two other people. We are joined by, for the very first time ever, guests on the podcast, Tuyet and Robin, hosts of the Bunk Two Thirty Seven A Horror Movie Podcast. Hello, hi Robin, how are you? Hi, I'm so good. I did not realize that we were your first guests ever, and that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> very excited though. How exciting! Hi, hi. I'm Tuyet. That's my voice. That's This one is mine. <laughs> ah, it's a great voice. Thank, thank well, you. welcome to the show. Thank you for, for joining us and coming along with us as we watched this, this movie. And so th- what we do on Nothing to Fear is every week we watch a different horror movie. Recently, I think in the last year, we've started doing monthly themes. And so for the month of June, we're doing summer movies. And I picked a movie called Summer Camp because I wanted to see if there was any summer camp movies that weren't just straight slasher movies and so i found your podcast it was about uh you know you're the final girls at the uh, summer camp that's the conceit of your show but i'll let you talk about it a little bit and i was like this is a great idea i think you do a summer camp horror themed podcast this is summer month so i want to chat to you all about it and talk about the movie so love it yeah why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast for people who don't know, I'm assuming everybody listening listens to all horror movie podcasts, so it's just retreading mm-hmm. old ground at this point. But what? Uh, tell us about Bunk Two Thirty Seven. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we let's see. We started. At, we were just talking about this. We started around the same time. I think you guys did. We were both in a deep quarantine, even though we were living in the same city. Very weird, sad, strange time to be alive. But a great time for hanging out and watching horror movies. And that was sort of the nexus of it, I think, for me. And then me and Robin got together because we both love horror movies in the same really very pure, very genuine way where we like all horror movies of like all spec, like the entire spectrum. I think we can kind of find something that we love in all the sort of different subgenres of horror movies. We like being scared. We like blood. We like ghosts. <laughs> Some of us like ghosts more than others. Robin. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and we um, love talking we, about horror movies. And Yeah, we love talking about horror movies. And we just thought the camp was like a fun way to enter the world because there's a lot of, as you know, and I'm sure in your research, a lot of camp, summer camp horror movies, a lot of like... Boy, oh boy, are there. <laughs> and so on our podcast, we usually had the two of us plus a guest. 
each episode, we talk about a different movie, and we also award the movie badges throughout each episode, like a summer camp style awards for the silliest things. It's very fun, and we can't wait to have y'all on some future episodes for sure. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. And so, so grateful that you said yes to to coming and talking about this. But I want to ask before we get into the movie that is that we're talking about. Did you have any experience like going to summer camp as kids or working at summer camps or anything? I, both for me. Oh. Summer camp is horrible. It's horrible in all the ways. <laughs> I, I went for a lot of years to day camp and I spent one half of a summer at sleepaway camp. Okay. <laughs> that was just miserable. Oh, no. And then I worked as a counselor in training and camp counselor when I was like in high school and it was just just terrible just, just, just all of it was jam. terrible no i was like a 15 year old counselor in training and i was in charge with one other guy who was like high all the time of 23 eight-year-old boys oh my god and it was just the worst summer <laughs> of my life so ca- summer camp is horror horror is summer camp it all makes sense <laughs> ah <laughs> See, we, uh, us, us three hosts, we, we worked with kids for a long time in our previous career, and I have done so many different day camps. I've never worked at a summer camp, but Luke, I think you can speak tomorrow that because you have extensive, extensive experience working at summer day camps, out, outdoor camps, or was it just the one summer you did it? Just that one summer. Yeah, I, I have much warmer memories of, of working in summer camps because it was my job <laughs> well, for <laughs> so long. I liked doing summer camps because it meant that I could just sort of work with the kids and not deal with grown up stuff. You know, it was just like, ah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hang out and do crafts. I had I had a couple good summers. I when I was a counselor when I specifically was counselor to like little kids like three to five year olds that, that was really oh. fun so it's not all bad <laughs> uh, so so we have some summer camp experience i think it's safe to say that the summer camp in this movie is unique in its in almost every way but before i get into it usually what i ask is what people knew about the movie going into it for myself i found this movie because i wanted to see if there was a summer camp movie that didn't just have a slasher killing people in the woods and we got it in this one other than that all i noticed was i think there's a one one line synopsis that it was some kind of virus or some kind of like effect that was attacking these people and when i looked up the movie poster it said from the producers of wreck and annabelle and conjuring and so we kind of liked some of those movies and I was like, oh, okay, this one could be interesting. But but Luke, I'll ask you first. What did you know about Summer Camp before we recorded or we watched it? I'd never I'd never heard mm-hmm. of it, which is not impossible, but kind of rare because I often hear about movies one way or another, even if I don't see mm-hmm. them, just through extraneous cultural intakes. So I was like, wow, this movie that had... A release and a production i'd never even heard of before so it was it was zero <laughs> which is also rare for us like when especially starting with horror movies it seems like you know we've we've done over 100 episodes now we've trolled the the depths of the horror genre and it's it's fun to find one that none of us had seen before but alex did you know anything about this one going into it <clears throat> no i knew zero things about it so not rare for me i don't know anything about horror movies so <laughs> Yeah, when you told us to watch it last week, it was the first time I've heard of it, and I was expecting it to be older, but then it was like 2015, a little more recent, mm-hmm. so nice surprise. It's a nice surprise. 
Yeah. What about you, Robin? Had you heard of this one before? That's literally, Alex, the same note that I had. The first note that I wrote down was this feels like a 2009 movie, but it's from 2015. I had never heard of it (laughs) before. And that's so weird. Like, I looked up other movies, other horror movies that came out in 2015 because I was like, what was going on at this time? (laughs) Like, where was I that I had never heard Mm -hmm. of it? But And like, there were... There were a bunch that I, you know, that I had known and was like kind of on the pulse of Goodnight Mommy and like other things that came out at that point where it was like, I was in the know of like 2015 horror movies and I just, this one flew under the radar. Mm. It's also never come up in our, in our research, <laughs> even though we host a horror podcast set at a summer camp, which is a little embarrassing. But. <laughs> That's okay. I, yeah, I felt the same way. I had also, yeah. I had never seen it before this. I'd never heard of it. And yes, yeah, I really felt surprised that like, it had not come across our radar at all. But it was, it was a, it was a pleasant surprise to watch mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It was interesting because I've also been wanting to find movies that weren't necessarily, you know, either made in Canada or made in the States. I want to see more international stuff. Like we've only dabbled a little bit outside of North America. And when this one came up that it was like a a Spanish movie with like American, it was like American counselors at a Spanish summer camp or whatever. But I was like, oh, okay, that's cool because I want to see what other countries think horror movies should be and what they are and how they treat them. And so... It was kind of a pleasant surprise, but we'll get into that. We'll get into all that and more after we hear the trailer. So this is, uh, listeners, this is your warning. After the after you hear the trailer, there's going to be spoilers for the movie we're talking about. If you want to see it, you know, go ahead and watch the movie before you're listening to the rest of it. But if you don't care about spoilers, uh, go ahead. And usually we uh, direct our listeners to also check out doesthedogdie.com for any sort of triggering parts of this movie, of the movie that we're watching, horror parts. And oh boy, yes, the, the dog does die and it is rough uh, that was not a pun about that no <laughs> was <a> good one. <laughs> that was meant to be serious and i fucked it up so yeah there's like a, some general gore and i guess camp safety hazards in this movie that i should be worried about but check out does the dog die.com for anything else that might be triggering that we may discuss and so here's the trailer live here? No. I'm around when the kids are around and summer vacations in. In America, there's no way we'd call this place a camp. Yeah, well, it's pretty common here. But it's cheaper for the parents to send their kids here than to London. It's not what I was expecting. Where are the cabins, canoes? I thought Spain was supposed to be warm. This little lady's as calm as can be. Aren't you, girl? Will, seriously, just get out of there, man. Trust me, there's no You okay? You look pale. Guys, come on, this isn't funny anymore. Calm down and tell me what's going on. Turn the lights! There's other people out there! 
And Alex is going to read us the synopsis for this movie. Did you know there's no Wikipedia page for this movie? How is that even possible? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, So so where are you going to? I'm just making things up. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. I got it. Okay. This is the one bit of responsibility Alex has for the show. (laughs) That and finding torrents, because I'm terrible at finding torrents of movies we can't find. (laughs) Jonathan Torrance. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Our good friend Jonathan Torrance. That's a very niche Canadian reference to a Canadian TV personality from the 90s. And and he was on uh, Trailer Park Boys. Oh, I see. Isn't, I, um, in The Shining, isn't it Jack Torrance, too? Ah, yes, there's Jack Torrance, but I don't think yes. they're related. <laughs> <laughs> and not as niche Canadian right. as Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> Ah, You ready, Alex? Yeah, I am. All right, take it away. Okay, Summer Camp is a 2015 horror movie directed by Alberto Marini, starring Diego Boneta, Jocelyn Donahue, Myra Walsh, and Andreas Velencoso. Four American counselors at a European summer camp must deal with the outbreak of a rage-inducing plague that starts in the animals. Oh, boy, you said it. All right, so let's go around the horn and say... Our initial thoughts about this horror movie and just because i'll go clockwise robin you're you're on deck first oh gosh my initial <laughs> thoughts okay when they pulled up to the camp it was very uh, i was like devil's backbone vibes that takes place also at like a spanish mansion school in the middle of nowhere but then the script happened and it wasn't <laughs> great <laughs> and you didn't like that script say then that the script happened <laughs> The you know it had its moments it really did and I mm-hmm. there were some things where I was like all right all right like that's that's pretty cool and then and but they with the words that came out of their mouths most of the time not great <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'll say. Uh, I'm on board I with that. that yeah go ahead Jit. yeah share your your initial thoughts my yeah my initial thoughts like at the conclusion of it I was like well I didn't gain anything from this movie but i didn't lose anything from this movie you know like it was a very like neutral experience. yeah i had a very neutral experience and I, and I and i did i think at the end i did if this makes sense i liked it enough to have a neutral feeling you know i like i i really like yeah there were some there were some points that were really fun i listen i love a rage inducing virus you know i'm a big fan of 28 days later like i'm i'm okay with that and I, I did think that it was like, it definitely seemed like like a screenwriter's early attempt at a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I used to work a lot of film festivals and I've worked a few horror movie specific film festivals. And this okay. felt like a movie that would have like got accepted into the festival, but screened early in the day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> It's like we needed to fill. We needed a spot in the schedule filled. And yeah, yeah. We got summer camp. Okay, let's watch. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is. There are like fun. There, there are fun parts to it for sure. Mm-hmm. I think if someone <laughs> wants to remind me, <laughs> I think there was a couple fun parts. But Luke, you're next in the as we go around the horn here. What uh, What did you think about summer camp? Well, at the end, I was left ruminating on how interesting the idea of this movie was i really don't think we've done any movie like Mm -hmm. this where it's rage inducing we've done that obviously and there's the you know the rumblings of wreck and even some of the aesthetic of it i saw in the zombie types which was cool but like the idea of like okay you're temporarily one of these zombie type creatures rage zombies but you can like choose to be (laughs) 
Like you kind of have figured it out. Like how do you survive that? It's like it adds a whole new wrinkle of the mm-hmm. puzzle. And and so like I was intrigued by and this is a weird thing to say about a movie we do on this podcast, but I was, like, I was intrigued by the idea <laughs> or the right. plot of it. But so this movie took that really cool premise and executed it as about as poorly as possible <laughs> uh, of a movie could do. And and as obnoxious. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when we did the Hitcher? I said the Hitcher was bad quite loud. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I think this movie was not as bad as the Hitcher, but its weaknesses it screamed in your mm-hmm. face. So, <laughs> but I liked the I liked the the premise of it and the idea behind it. I'd just like to see it executed better in a maybe a different movie sometime. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that was my all right. <laughs> what about you, Alex? I think in the last month, we've done movies that I have di- really didn't like. Mm-hmm. So going into <laughs> this new summer camp theme month, I really tried to enter it with a positive attitude and, you know, a little <laughs> bit of optimism. With that being said, I shared the same adjective as you did, Luke. I wrote one note for this movie, and it was in all caps, and it said, this movie is so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> it's just... Like, yeah, premise is, like, neat, and the idea is cool, but everything was just so damn convenient, wasn't it? And it was, uh, <laughs> I just found myself, like, disliking all the characters very much, mm-hmm. and their problem-solving skills were, were very bad. Same with their communication <laughs> skills, and this is something we talk about in all the horror movies we watch. It's like, like for, for me, what makes a good horror movie good is if when the characters are believable, they do things that make sense. And I can put myself in their shoes and be like, yeah, that's something I would do. They did almost zero of those things in this one, um, (laughs) which made it a little extra obnoxious. I had a real problem with everyone's reactions. Like everyone had the worst reaction to every situation and every problem or incident. It was like the reaction of every character to to the person they were playing in the other scene was like awful or made no sense. It was really nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Like one character would be like, "Tell me what's going on," and then the other character would be like, "Not like not able to answer a very simple question of yeah. what is going on," uh, which yeah. seemed to be a lot of the movie. Yeah, or like, I think someone's out there. I'm just gonna walk backwards towards them, uh, <laughs> even though I know that like they're probably at a window or something. I'm just gonna be walking backwards. Yeah, your 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 comment about a first time screenwriter really s- screamed out to me because this the whole time during this movie I was like. It's like they took a million red herrings and then said, but one of them is important. And so like the idea that this is, you know, there's the, a dog has a, a bite and it's it's rabies or there's this pollen that's everywhere or there's this weird trailer full of hippies. And then it like turns out to be the water is poisoned by these like hippies. It's just like, oh, there's so many different things it could be, but also the timeline doesn't like... It feels like it super doesn't line up because it's like if they drank the water, then they turn, but also they only turn for 20 ish minutes or they hold off on it. And it was just like, like the idea of having like a temporary insanity is cool. Like you said, Luke, it's a cool premise, but it didn't, it it fell flat and it felt kind of like, I think we, I can't remember which other movie we recently did where I mentioned this, but it felt like one of those. Uh, overzealous like morality plays where they're like hey kids stay off drugs otherwise you might turn (laughs) into a crazy zombie and (laughs) it was just like ah okay so the solution to it is to do more drugs i guess until you can like get clear (laughs) it's just like 
Uh, this movie was, I, I wanted to like this movie a lot more than I did, but it was a hot mess. And the characters, just the whole time, like sometimes when you watch a movie and you're like, ah, I can feel a little bit superior to these characters because I wouldn't do that. But this time I was just like, no, what are you, what, why, why are you doing this? What? <laughs> the moment that I knew that the movie wasn't going to be great was very early on, but it was the first scene with the dog when they're going to the, I guess what's going to be the petting zoo for the school right. children. And then the one dog has rabies and then Will uh, decides to go in to check on the dog. His reasoning is that he's, quote, practically a vet. <laughs> no, <laughs> And they never go back to that at all. They just give him that as like a personality trait. Will he's practically a vet and he is the worst. Yeah, he is the worst. He was the worst person. And he was one of those people who is like, I'm better than you. I have to, I have to save this man who's clearly dead already. Like yeah. I have, to, we have to save this dog who's clearly violent. Like you are in the middle of the Spanish woods. If you get bit by a rabid dog like you're dead dude like where is the common sense and then he didn't <laughs> want to go to the hospital after he got bit which is like right what part what part of like your medical training <laughs> you're like <laughs> right <laughs> your hypothetical medical training and all of his disagreements with all the other characters he made as loudly <laughs> and yes, as obnoxiously yes. as he possibly could. Yes. It wasn't just like, you know what? I hear your point, but I'm going to go check on the dog anyway because I have this sort of humanitarian care for animals. No, it's just like, I'm practically <laughs> practically <laughs> shut up. <laughs> with him that I think got me the most was when, I think it was Michelle, Michelle apologized yeah. for... <laughs> drilling him in the foot <laughs> like like there was blood everywhere first of all and first and then at the at the time he was like ah ah like it was just like not a good acting reaction so to it and then she she was like they were in the barn and he, she apologized for it and he was like it's okay it's okay you thought i was <laughs> like you thought i was a zombie or whatever right again like, the worst reaction, this the most nonsensical reaction to the situation is suddenly, yeah, for that you're like, oh yeah, no, you thought I was a killer, and then he, mm-hmm. and then his realization, his acting, acting, I am a killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Will Will really ground my gears a lot of the time. Just the the fact that he's like introduced as this like playboy counselor at the start where they're like hey last year we had to get rid of both the girl counselors because you were being a real horny bastard about it it's like why did you invite will back again <laughs> yeah friend? totally I think, no. he should have well, been the one to maybe not he's be. a great counselor we don't know <laughs> maybe he's great with the kids maybe. yeah like, did, did no one apply for this job like, they got the four worst counselors in the world or not i guess in america to do this exchange trip like one of them didn't even want to be there, mm-hmm. and then we have Will. Pro- right? That was probably the moment where I realized that it was not going to be a good movie was at the very beginning <laughs> when they're driving up, and they're like, why did you hire American counselors anyway for this camp that's in Spain? <laughs> and they're like, well... Very good question, movie. <laughs> it's an English immersion program. And it was like, we don't yeah. need any <laughs> No, no. Because, like-, like, logically, they would have said that in the job listing. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. They it wouldn't be just like also, showed up. Yep. Yes. And also the guy who has been, to, both of them have been counselors at this camp because they talked about how they had been there in previous years. So they would also both right. 
know this. <laughs> There's There were so many moments where uh, we did not need the explanation where we could have come in three minutes later and it yeah. would have been totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Like there was no, there was no reason for Antonio to run up to the other counselors and say, Javier is going to put the dog, this dog down. <laughs> like, why would you tell them? Like, yeah. who, what is that? What is that information? Like just hey, have them walk the in, have yeah. them walk in on Javier about to shoot the dog. Yeah. And there's like, you know, if, if this, if I had my hands on this movie, it would be 45 minutes long. <laughs> if we cut out. It was already my, only what? Seven. 70 minutes <laughs> it was like 84 minutes it was 84 minute runtime and it was one of those times where i was just like this movie feels like it's 16 hours long like it just like yeah it the, the pacing and the, the the way it like ramps up and like the, the peaks and valleys were so unnatural that i was just like okay is this the this is the climax it feels like you know when when it kicks off and the the initial like changing happens or, or whatever after antonio dies mm. i was like oh this feels like the end of a zombie movie where there's <laughs> only a couple of people left and then it just kept going for like another hour well and i think to your point earlier billy about the timeline of this being unclear like they say 20 minutes but sometimes it feels like they're zombies for a few hours and maybe the most like principled criticism i could make of this movie is that they made the plot fit the movie mm -hmm. not the movie fit the plot Right, like the whole, okay, we need this level of tension for this scene and we need this reaction, right? So it was like the unnatural feeling of the reactions and the communication and the vi like the malady itself was all catered to, like like your point, Robin, of Antonio talking about the dog and, <laughs> and this. It's like, okay, this is all just snippets for the audience. This is not right, for right. any yeah, of the yeah, other yeah. characters in the movie. And we've done a lot of movies that are like that, <laughs> you know, on, on our podcast. Where it's like, okay, they're creating tension for the audience, not a story of these characters. Mm -hmm. Lots of movies do that. Lots of horror movies do that. But it was so obvious in yeah. this one with the margins and the details didn't add up other than people are watching this on a TV mm. screen. It, and that that point, like, it really baffles my mind that this was 2015. Like, it, it just feels like <laughs> true, yeah. so much earlier than that. Yeah. It looked older. Well, I mentioned the Hitcher. The way that the characters talked to each other reminded me so much of the two leads in that movie. I don't know if you've seen the the remake of The Hitcher from 2007, was yeah. it, with Sean yeah, Bean? Yeah, yeah. But I was just like so aggravated <laughs> in that movie of how the two leads were talking to each other. And it was exactly yeah. like this movie. Yeah. I particularly hated all of Christie's lines. <laughs> like, because I, I dislike uh, yeah. the hysterical woman mm -hmm. in a horror movie that, like, cannot yeah. get her shit together. Like... Signed up for before. a summer camp that she doesn't right. want to be at. Really, she signed up for an outdoor summer camp when she's clearly not an outdoor person. You know, they made her that character. She cannot handle any situation in any kind of calm or logical or any kind of way. She is just this, the hysterical woman the entire time, and then she's also the traitor at the end of it. Like mm -hmm. a thoroughly unlikable character, but just so unlikable. As to be like unbelievable, like there, there's no kind of no humanity in her. Pure stereotype. Yeah, the the which I which I deeply dislike. That being said, I did then feel like her death was satisfying. Yes, yes. <laughs> she finally <laughs> got what she deserved. She definitely and had. She to finally die. got impaled. Like yeah, she had very... to die. 
sharp <laughs> stick. <laughs> I want to talk about that very sharp stick for <laughs> a minute because, like I said, we have history in working in summer camps and stuff. And it, if I was on this summer camp and there was a giant log that was sharpened to a point along a blindfolded like track, I would simply move that log out of there. <laughs> I don't understand. As <laughs> like, again, who never went ahead. to summer camp. Did you guys ever do trust exercises where you're running through the woods blindfolded? No, like not that. like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like with sharp sticks. Seems like excessive logs. Yeah. Did you guys ever do that with children? Oh my no. god. Speaking of the moment where Christy is blindfolded and she's been lost, and then the like backwoods guy comes and frees her, and you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna come back as a thing. No. Just didn't. Just another Just body to get killed. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. It did not. Wasn't he the guy that died? Yeah, he was the guy that died. But did you guys pick I pictured a um a parody, like a scary movie type parody of the guy like okay. cutting off when cuz like the way that he is set set up, like it's a little mysterious. He comes out of the woods, he cuts her bindings, and then she turns around he's not there. But the reality of that is that he would have there. to cut yep. her bindings and then scurry away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's another one of the things that we we comment on in these horror movies is like the people who have unnatural abilities to teleport. It's like Michael Myers can just like be wherever he wants or Jason can just sort of show up wherever he needs to be. And like this guy, in reality, you'd hear the cutting and then she'd look around and she'd see this guy just like smash it through the branches. Right. But it was just it like that whole moment was so unnecessary because we already knew that these like kind of creepy guys were in the woods probably making drugs. Like it was it was clear already. And unless they were going to come back and terrorize yes these counselors that moment is just nothing it's just useless but he went to the michael myers school of sneak around <laughs> go to the michael myers school of sneak around but to your point about those those trust exercise games i like having worked so many years in day camps and with kids the amount of stuff that we're like not allowed to do because of danger to the kids and stuff is is insane. Like I, I can't think of any blindfolded games I ever. Yeah, really I would think played. that blindfolding kids and having them run through the woods would not be something. <laughs> not even in Europe. The Spanish camps are a little bit different. I guess it's a little bit different. Yeah, Europe, yeah. Europe's different. <laughs> it just, it's a little way, way more laissez-faire. Like, no, we can't move this, this sharp stake. It builds character to, you know, run yourself chest first into a sharp stake. But like when I talked about all those red herrings like this was just basically a net full of red herrings uh, there was so many that were thrown at the screen at once that i actually forgot about the sharp log even though they showed it so many times <laughs> right and i was just like oh they're not going to do anything with this log that's so dumb and then when chrissy or christy ran into it full you know like she got she got it in the end i was like oh damn okay that was kind of clever movie but you didn't need to you know throw so much other stuff at me it'd be like a close-up magician just like throwing a deck of cards at you while doing the trick with the other <laughs> hand so that you're like i'm so distracted because you're throwing shit at me maybe that was their plan the whole time maybe they did it on purpose well maybe. you know they didn't even it didn't have to be a summer camp excepting like the except for the very last scene with the children it could have just been four adults go on vacation in spain and they like rent this house because they're mm. the the entire summer camp That's true. part of it they could have taken all of that out and still so, had yeah. for a movie called Summer Camp. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of like actual camp stuff. 
No, no. Going yeah. on. They, they would have had to change the name, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's too hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. To summer vacation. I yeah. will say I did like the final scene. And they had teased the sprinklers. And then, yeah. yes. like, it came back. And that was that was pretty good. Yeah. And I think they could have got to that point a lot quicker. But that was the point where it was like, I think that's where it kind of, like, neutraled me out where i was like oh okay that's that's pretty fun and mm-hmm. then also there was the betrayal in the rv yeah between oh, yeah. christy and michelle which also there is something hilarious about just christy just like eating this mushroom making eye contact with, <laughs> <laughs> with michelle like, knowing sorry, michelle. that she's betraying her Consistent with Christy's character, right? There were like 15 of those on that little tray. How could she only find one on the floor? Like, that was fucking unbelievable. It's like, where did they all go? And when Michelle was like, split it, split it, it'll still work. And she's like, I can't. (laughs) I also don't really understand the logic of like, if we're both raging, we won't rage at each other. We'll just rage at other people. Like, that doesn't make sense. Any sense. It was just stated. <laughs> right. It yeah, was just right. stated. Right? Like, it's like, they okay. Well, if, that, if anybody right? knows who, you know, if, if you're angry and someone else is angry, you're not going to be angry at them. You're going to be angry <laughs> at them. <laughs> yeah, there was that scene in the cage. I think Michelle saw Christy and Will look at each yeah. other while they were both raging and not yes. attack each other. So uh, yeah, they had, knew okay. that that would happen. So. Yeah, it had been observed throughout the movie because I noticed that because that's those are like zombie rules. Like zombies don't attack yeah. each other. Zombies don't yeah. go after. And this was yeah. like, a, and I think the, I again the rage inducing virus does remind me of Twenty Eight Days Later, and there was you know that similar. I think they sort of took from a few different playbooks of different horror movies, including mm-hmm. zombie rules where you don't attack your own kind. Right, right. Because sure. you can sense it also after taking these mushrooms. You can sense that the other person is also high. I guess so. That's just, I mean, these are There's just great a mushrooms. smell or something. Got, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They got a lot of different effects. But yeah, let's talk about the the actual way of why these thing, these people became zombies. Or not even zombies. I don't know what we call them. In Wreck, we called them zombos because it was <laughs> slightly different. But I don't even know what to call these things. Just like That's the southern Spanish strain this is a northern spanish strain so we gotta call him something else <laughs> like this temporary rage monster thing rom, rom- we'll call them rombies rombies, okay. rombies. I like that. <laughs> that's very good so you get to be a rombie for like 25 minutes or as long as the scene needs you to be a rombie <laughs> right. for but the, and, and and the fact that it was they used the well water to grow their mushrooms to do weird breaking bad stuff in the in the mountains it was just like why why would this be a desirable high to get anyway if they're like trying to purposely develop these psychedelic mushrooms which they had a little stinger at the end that was like oh these kids got infected with you know strixdobax spores or whatever it was like some made up name i was like why would these hippies be after this high why why is like a rage high something that people after because like as far as i know a lot of the highs that people go after like chill you out and just like make you calm and hungry but not this one is again this, this one made you angry and hungry yeah right? but also weird reasoning to for them to grow the spores inside of the pipe where the well is because they needed water even though inside of their rv they have a greenhouse and a whole system <laughs> for growing mushrooms uh, like they're not inexperienced gardeners they're not inex- i was just so irritated with all of the explanation. Like, I just didn't need it. We saw them in an RV. We know yeah. they're 
growing drugs. We see the mushrooms around the well. Like, that's it. We got it. Like, they were growing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It could have... Yeah, the one family member that conveniently survives and gets found out that he's, like, hiding in the, like, the RV cupboard. Yeah. He's he's there for exposition dump. Yeah. Mm But it's like, it's annoying exposition dump because they're like, what are you saying? What are you saying? It's like, clearly his English isn't very good, okay? <laughs> like, kind of add everything together and then there's, oh, there's a map. I saw this map. Everything, it, everything's too convenient. It was too convenient. I didn't like it. We don't need to show Maybe, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, they, they make these little, I don't know, mushroom Maltesers, the per- perfectly <laughs> spherical ones, and put it on a tray so that Christy can be like... Here you go, Will, and then oh no, oh, they all spilled the carpet. <laughs> oh yeah, and somehow friend. none of the locks or doors or windows worked in the RV. Like they couldn't close the door, and they also couldn't close the escape hatch. No, like somehow all of the locking mechanisms in this RV were broken. I mean, it was a shitty RV. I think that was very well established. That was, if anything, the most established part of the movie. <laughs> I, okay, I have a question, because when they were, like, sneaking up to the RV, I thought I had heard a line of, like, we're going to take it and get out of here. Yes. And I was like, that thing is clearly permanently there. <laughs> there, is, there are no keys anywhere. Like, what do you think is going to happen? There is no way you're driving no this, this RV moving, yeah. that has string lights out, <laughs> like, out in the lawn. And, like, it's like, what? What? Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, the, it, it felt like, I don't know, maybe there were writing the script as it happens where they're like okay we need them to say something while they're walking to the rv and so they're like okay we'll say we'll drive it away right right so yeah i don't know like clearly you look at that rv once and you say uh yeah it probably doesn't have wheels (laughs) it's on blocks (laughs) i wanted to mention as well another sort of plot line that went nowhere was this sort of deep mysterious secret that michelle had that we never got developed where she was just like i need to make a phone call and then she it's important oh want to yeah make a phone call. and <laughs> I then totally forgot about that <laughs> right she calls her mom and she's like just tell dad i love him beep and you're like what why have that in there if you're not going to develop it and like, her mom was like you got a lot of nerve calling me and it's like what happened that i wanted to know about <laughs> totally <laughs> we didn't need that at all no at all didn't develop we- it and Anywhere, yeah. it was also like, all right, so you're wasting your phone call on this because you can't figure out how to call the emergency line. <laughs> <laughs> Which I looked up. I was like, isn't 911 everywhere? But it's not. And so I was I was ready to be annoyed at like, just call 911. But in Europe, it's 112. So mm. they got they got that much right. Cross that off your list of things to be annoyed about in this movie because they actually got that right. <laughs> Another thing I was annoyed about though, <laughs> is when... She calls Javier, clearly in distress, and he doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, let me just bicycle over there in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. to see what's up. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 dude. Yeah, you see, you see that what that is, is in a, in a very bad horror movie, the characters don't communicate well with each other. Mm-hmm. And we, we have the classic, oh, no, I'm, t- I'm getting the cops, but they don't believe me that the supernatural thing's happening or whatever. There's always that in a bad horror movie. But in this one... Summer camp, the writers were like, we're above that. We don't need that. <laughs> we don't need cops that don't believe you. So they wrote in a language barrier where no one understood each other. Yes. And simple words like police or policia. Didn't <laughs> yeah. <match. laughs> yeah. <laughs> what could she be asking for? I don't know. Yeah. And like the, the, the jump from like English to Spanish, even if you don't know Spanish, I feel like we've been around enough minor Spanish, most people, to be able to say policia or like... Mm-hmm. 
the help. I think help is a universal kind of at right, least I right. think between the languages there should be there mm-hmm. there is some exchange of minor words to get it points across. Mucho problema. Yeah. <laughs> even, yeah. even if there's even if there's like zero language or word yes. correlation. Well um, right. Someone, clearly... someone limping towards you while covered in yes. blood. What are you gonna do? Even on the phone, she really like she clearly sounds yes. panicked. Mm-hmm. I would not be like, hmm, let me go by myself and check it out. Yeah, yeah. And then did he bring a chain <laughs> as a weapon? Is that correct? Where he was like that was his dog strangling chain. Like he just goes everywhere. Oh, with that, I okay. Guess, which is just I, <laughs> okay. We need a movie about Javier. <laughs> yeah, we do need a movie about that. Would be He's a much better movie. Badass and his weird neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for that. Like a sitcom. I'm here for that. Oh, another line again. Will being annoying. There's like a line at very start where he's trying to find weapons, and they're like, "Get anything you can grab to have a weapon." And he grabs this like scythe that's giant and rusty, the and he's and like, he "Doesn't use it." Look at this weapon. No, thank you. I will grab a baseball bat. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell, man? Yeah, you know what? Everything like like I said earlier, everything's just too convenient, right? Like the phone just breaks conveniently when Christy runs into. Oh yeah, she yes. runs into her and like Whatever. the cord pops right out. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was like I think Will... you could put that cord back in. <laughs> I had the same yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah. like... And then Will's like his glasses break, but like, and then he clearly has a spare pair because I guess he knows that his glasses will always fall if his glasses break. <laughs> but then his spare glasses break as well. That was one thing that I did like about the movie that I thought was very fun and really clever that I hadn't seen was a monster with bad vision. Ah uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> That yeah. is so funny to me to have that be a part of like what <laughs> one of his major flaws as a movie I will monster. Say that as a glasses wearer, mm-hmm. it is one of my biggest fears when the apocalypse comes yeah. that I lose my glasses because oh, like it's over for me. The Twilight yeah. Zone that would be the worst thing. Immediate, yes, exactly. <laughs> so. I did appreciate that little moment. Yeah, I thought that was a really... It was... He did randomly have a second pair later somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. That's cool because most of the time with zombie movies or whatever, it's it's like whenever you get zombified, it seems like your your stats all go to like a base level and it doesn't really matter if you wore glasses or had, you know, whatever. You just like became a zombie and like all that other stuff fell away. So yeah, I I did like that he got to have a couple... You know, Velma scenes from Scooby Doo, like my glasses. Right, I can't find right. my glasses. <laughs> that was the most believable then, part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then these these zombies, they like I felt like they they were they had different rules for each individual. Mm-hmm. Like some of them completely lost like any kind of thought or rationality. And then when Will transformed, he's like. He's still speaking and he's screaming like, "I'm gonna get bitch, you! I'll kill yeah, you!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there was so much screaming. And then, and then Michelle, she she had like, I don't know what the rules for zombies are, but she had the dexterity of a human again because she was able to take the belt off her feet. Mm-hmm. I felt like too, she was like sort of like climbing up the side of the building and like going in, like hopping over like terraces or whatever. And then mm-hmm. when Christy gets pushed into the pool, she's just like stuck there. Oh, but wait, hold on a second. Until my... she remembers this, the shallow end exists, and then she can get out. Right. Yeah, my <laughs> second favorite thing in the movie was her climbing up the ladder in a rage. In a rage. Because you cannot take anyone seriously, no, like, angrily climbing up. You don't see that in a lot in, hor- like, zombie movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she does like a very dramatic look over to Will. Like she does like a yes, thing she where does. 
hair flies around and she just like again another scream so much screaming in this movie just screaming screaming and then yeah chases him yeah the idea of this like of this terror of people that are induced with rage having some mobility but not all mobility some intelligence but not all intelligence some voice but not entirely and at different times and inconsistently i could not figure out yeah what was what what (laughs) what was what was this terror aside from them they have no memory right yeah they have no memory of what happened even though they can speak throughout like they seem to know who the ever who other people are throughout it yeah Mm -hmm. like because they kept the sense that like they knew each other's names when they were induced in that rage they knew to chase like sober people Right. In this rage. But yeah, no memory of it. Uh, they were like a little bit zombie dumb, you know? Like they didn't know how, fully had open doors, you know? Right, yeah, they're just like right. so angrily just like smashing at things or whatever. But yeah, it was one of those times where they're like, the rules don't actually matter until we say they matter, but they also only matter for this person, but not this person. And it, it makes it messy. It makes it, you know, uh, unclear and it's less satisfying because... If yeah. it's just like a crapshoot, like, I don't know, maybe if I want it to be as, as generous as possible, maybe it's that psychedelic drugs affect people differently. And that is like, that is, I think, giving this movie too much credit because I think they were just like, <laughs> no, we just need her to be able to undo this belt and we need her to not figure out about the pool for a while. And that's what we, we need. And so that's what they'll do. Well, I would, I would argue that the Rambis were actually smarter than the humans in this movie. Like when they're in the barn and then Will's like, oh no, I had some water. I'm about to change. Instead, like, why didn't they lock him in the cage and, like, no. (laughs) I thought the same thing. Yeah, Yeah. that was a very, that was a very, like, horror movie logic of, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to lock the safe person in the cage. You're doing this backwards. Yeah. Yeah. They also they also did the thing where they're like, I know, we'll go upstairs. We'll be more safe upstairs. Yeah, there's more exits upstairs. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) And apparently also Michelle can just shimmy up to the balcony. Yeah. Of course. Easy. Just a drain pipe climb. <laughs> it's no problem. And then we're forgetting another sort of useless thing is like this mystery ghost man from the woods is also like being a weird perv. He's also breaking into the the ca- the cabin later and yeah, what was snooping that? around the rooms. What was that about? And then he when he dies, they need a, they needed a panty sniffer. <laughs> I don't know. Gross. I didn't like that. And then like they tried to make it. I don't know. It felt really weird at the end when we find the survivor the survival guy in the RV who's hiding and they say, we found someone, a big guy with tattoos. And he's like, that must be my dad, a big guy with tattoos. There can only be one person with that description. <laughs> the The language barrier thing was very funny in that moment because yeah, he goes, you know, the big guy in the tattoos and then, and then the, the sun breaks down and he goes, Papa. And then, and then someone oh, yeah, translate it. he translates it too. That was his father. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Will. Yeah. He says, Papa. And they're like, what? <laughs> And also, there is something about the idea that, like, the repeat counselor, Will, who has, again, spent a whole summer, at least, in Spain, did not pick up Mm -hmm. any Spanish, any basic Spanish at all. (laughs) None at all. He just completely, like, I guess, well, it's an English immersion camp, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Papa. Yeah, Yeah, and I can't remember who. I think maybe it was you, Tiet, earlier you said that this movie could have just been about four counselors or four people at a house and, like, shit happens because when they wake up, 
and they have this realization that what they did was like kill their friend and do this rage thing i thought that was a way more satisfying ending and they could have ended the movie there instead of doing the like one more final scare thing with the kids drinking the water from the owl statue and them all turning into like or they didn't drink the water but the sprinklers came on whatever it doesn't matter and then like that being the climactic end of the movie if they had just sort of left it on this like two people who have this horrible thing that they did and they have to live with that that's way more effective instead of the way they went because <laughs> there was a little bit of the like i think they tried to weave in that little bit of psychology throughout the movie when like michelle came back and then will lied to her about who she killed and was mm-hmm. like oh Christy they did all it. tried to take credit for each other's murders <laughs> yeah and just to, like, like to not s- make each other feel bad and it's like the time has passed like <laughs> things are going down just yeah. like deal with your reality right, right. <laughs> but i think if they had tried to make that more part of the movie like that could have been an mm-hmm. interesting thing because it is like when they wake up the next when they wake up the next day and it is sort of like the bad hangover of like fuck what did i do last night <laughs> but instead of like just being an idiot at a bar you killed your friend those are wild consequences <laughs> that would have been a much more interesting movie that was another vile christy moment where she's like looking at will and being like you need to back me up on this story like yeah <laughs> she's just like you need to also say that you murdered her <laughs> <laughs> they can't possibly put two people in jail I for one knowingly <laughs> knowingly murdered my friend back me up you don't know me that well. But also, the rest of the family died. Like, it seemed like when they woke up, like, what happened to Mama Stoner? The and, other and ragers. The other guy yeah. and the other ragers. Because it seemed like they were... They came down first. <laughs> oh, and... So they, beca- they became humans again while Will and Christy were still raging. So they just ran away or something? Or got killed. No, they got they got killed. Oh, yeah, like, that was right. Like, that makes sense. That was the implication of the end is that that RV is full of yeah, dead no. bodies. Oh shit! Now. Okay, I totally didn't <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> in the heat of the moment, in the RV, when you know the zombies are breaking in and they're like, "No, we don't want to die, so let's eat these these berry mushrooms." Yep. Like that was a huge plot point where they're like, "They won't attack us when we transform as well." But then when the kids get like start drinking all the 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 spray water, it's like. Why don't you do the same plan? Do you drink the yeah, water at the same time yes. as the kids? Have a little sip. Well, because because they know they're going to kill all these kids after. <laughs> well, no, because everyone's going to be everyone's transformed at the, at the same, same time. time That's and a then good they're going to come down at yeah. the same time. But even even a couple seconds, there's some dead uh, kids there. You know what? They, there's just, just a little bit of murder. We'll just do a little bit more. It's like no big deal. There's surely an allowable. I mean, this camp looks like there's you know an allowable loss of life that's like acceptable. That would keep them keep them in funding for the next year. They're like. 100% of the campers died? No good. But only 20%? That's okay. This is tough. English is hard to learn. You know, we got to expect some loss. The other adults that showed up at the end, their lack of understanding that they shouldn't be there, like after these two crazy blood-stained, dirt-covered, like Americans are yelling at them to like stop, go away, leave this place, and then for them to just like not immediately pull all the children away even when the sprinklers come on is like what's what's happening here language barrier (laughs) it's a language barrier (laughs) (laughs) i'll give give them a little bit of credit like a a large group of running kids is hard to corral that's true that's why you fucking get people to line up off the bus sorry go ahead luke (laughs) because all those kids also just ran off of the bus (laughs) just like the doors open those kids just ran for that fountain (laughs) <laughs> they just they loved it all right sorry luke go ahead so like 
this whole kind of question around who's who, who did what, are you really responsible or anything? Like, I won't say this was a part of the movie I liked per se, but it wasn't aggressively obnoxious like the other ones where there's a lot of this movie where I knew what was going to happen five, ten seconds before it mm-hmm. happened. But I was genuinely surprised by how the movie shifted who our protagonist was at different times. Mm. Like, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, how when Michelle first started raging in the car, my thought, because I've seen all these movies before, is like, oh, Michelle's done. (laughs) She's out of the game. We don't have to care about her anymore. Mm -hmm. She's a rombie now. But I I thought it was interesting and kind of almost like Black Mirror-esque how they shifted who was a person and who was a rombie so you're like following different people and because like you know i didn't expect michelle to come Mm -hmm. back and so when she's back human and christy's raging and now we're following will and michelle i was like oh that's kind of interesting i haven't i can't really think of a movie that has done this thing before which speaks to i think my original point where i like i like the idea of this movie they they made themselves an interesting sandbox to play Mm -hmm. in and then they just went in one corner and put their head in it (laughs) Right, and so it's like I, I, I was, I thought that was cool. Like when Michelle came back, yeah, I, I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I won't. I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Oh, this is good, but it's like I am very rarely surprised by these kind of movies, and so mm-hmm. that sort of like, oh, she was crazy, and now not. <laughs> I agree. I like the shift of who's the bad guy and that everyone got mm-hmm. to be the bad guy mm-hmm. at different points until you got to the end, and they were all yeah. terrible. And even mm-hmm. though, and I think that this is what really bothered me was that it would have been so much more effective if I liked any of them to begin with, but I didn't mm-hmm. like right. any of them. So when they all turned, it was just like, okay, now I'm just like watching this movie. Yeah. But well, another yeah. moment of frustration back to the RV scene is she's like, okay, everyone take one and we'll all take one together and mm-hmm. we'll all rage at the same time. We'll come down at the same time. No one will get hurt. But then... She gives one to Will and he eats it immediately. <laughs> like, like, dude, oh. dude, wait. <laughs> just wait two seconds for the other people. He was holding that door. He had to, yeah. he had just to hold it in your teeth door. until she says go. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, I don't know why this just had a, it hit me with a brainwave. The idea that the, the person who's the zombie or the rombie switches just reminded me, like, maybe this is just a take on the game tag where you're it for a while and everyone <laughs> runs away. Oh, and, yeah. So it's just a, it's just a summer camp game. <laughs> You know what would have been even better if in that, because it's kind of like they're flirting with Prisoner's Dilemma and Game Theory mm-hmm. there at the end of like who take who gets to take it and who doesn't. It would have been so much better if while Michelle's holding that and Christy's holding that one thing, Michelle lets go, kicks Christy in the face and takes <laughs> it like, herself. Help. That would have been so yeah. awesome. That's what the movie should have done. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That that moment, that look happened where Michelle's like, oh, Christy's going to take this herself and not give it to me. Survival instinct kicks in. Right. Kick her in the face, take it. and yeah, Or she's just like so holding funny. it out and Michelle just does like a little, like just yeah. bobs yeah. down, like takes it out of her fingers. Because <laughs> Michelle was almost the most likable. Like mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was the most level-headed of all of them, which isn't that much, but she, she sort of had this smart. She was there for camp. She, I think, was set out to be the possible final girl when it starts, you know, because she's sort of like the – and this is another, like, kind of stereotype that I also hate, the sort of, like, the rough and tough girl that rides motocross and is, like, right, you know, get her girl, hands dirty. Yeah. like a, Yeah, like a, a girl girl's guy. No, a guy's girl, whichever yeah. one it is. And, like, she – and 
I think she was supposed to be the like the really practical one. She also had the plans at the end. She also figured it out that you're only this for a little bit without anyone telling her. <laughs> and then she was also the one that came up with this with this like everyone get high at the same time plan. But yeah, that would have if they had pushed that a little further. And I think that might have been a big problem with the movie is like needing them to focus on a few things and pushing that. As opposed mm-hmm. to all of mm-hmm. these sort of extra things they were trying to throw in, all this extra exposition. But they really could have probably could have done a lot with all the characters, but I, Michelle especially, because I think they were really trying to do something with her. It's it's almost like, and I don't know anything about the screenwriting process uh, or if there's such a thing as due dates, but it's almost like they're like, okay, I'm going to write a draft of my screenplay and then I'm going to do an edit of it. And by the time I need to hand it in, it'll be fine. And then it was like 10 minutes before <laughs> the due date. And they're like, ah, I didn't have a chance to edit here. And they just like, nobody took another pass on it. It was just like what they thought first. And they didn't have a chance to pare anything down because yeah, it was, it was a like you said, Luke, it was a sandbox that they refuse to play in a lot of (laughs) okay any final thoughts i'm at the end of my notes i take notes all throughout and then i almost never read them oh i want to mention one more thing will sucks but also it felt like (laughs) yeah by the way will sucks but it also felt like they could have i don't know given somebody else any injuries in this movie like it looked like he got all the injuries he got hit on the ear he got drilled in the foot he got he bit like yeah. his nipple bit off he was also the worst though so i was kind of okay with it there was something okay, i liked the comedy of that and i wish that they had also like this is another thing they also could have done in a very like fun comical way like for him to comment on the fact that he is the only one getting injured in super <laughs> yeah. weird ways throughout the entire movie but i think because they were trying to play it very serious they couldn't make that like a fun thing that was happening to him because mm-hmm. like it was he like all of his injuries were so funny so funny <laughs> yeah and it's, and then right when it, when he got drilled into the foot i think that was the moment of just like oh this is great this is this could be very very fun but they chose yeah. they chose not to be very fun in the woods. he could have said something like Good thing I just got my tetanus yeah. or something like that. Didn't they mention tetanus? <laughs> well, they did. Yeah, which he didn't oh, even did do. He, like, he's, like, getting ready to do it, and then he looks out the window and puts the needle down. It's like, okay. Because he's practically a vet. Also that. Where practically like, a vet, yeah. Okay, we're also just trusting that he's practically a vet to, like, no one's going to be there with him or monitor or supervise, like, making right. sure that he's getting this tetanus shot properly. And also, is that a thing that you just have tetanus shots? In a first you just have like you have yeah you know like you have epinephrine is that how you pronounce it or right is it is that something that is in first aid kits that are tetanus shots maybe first aid kits at like rusty compounds <laughs> maybe in <laughs> your danger is just higher there yes that's well actually the big explanation for the movie is that well i guess it was in europe yeah they got different rules <laughs> well what would you, what what would be like the most i don't know emergency thing that you would have in the camp in the camp first aid kit where you worked luke like what would be the biggest sort of oh, medical well. thing kid like a kid would bring their own EpiPen if they right. have it like we don't have it but we'll like maybe we'll store it for them or something mm-hmm. but you wouldn't have like um, rabies like, shots as far as a first aid no <laughs> most emergency thing would be like like a defib really yeah there'd be like aeds on site but in a first aid kit itself mm-hmm. the most intense thing would be like clotted bandages <laughs> yeah like like there are there are i forget what they're called but the kind of like the things that stop bleeding better if it's like a deep cut right, or right. Head cut. Right? things that will could that use. Kind of yeah will could use it. <laughs> yeah. well he was practically a vet 
<laughs> there's slings. Yeah. Okay. You know, so not a lot. Alcohol. Not wipes. a lot of not a lot of tetanus <laughs> shots uh, rolling no, around. Not a lot. <laughs> but again, if it was in a rusty compound where there's like lots of things to impale yourself on yeah it might be a good idea you simply can't this. clean up this rust just yeah. try not to get tetanus kids. also another great place to have a summer camp <laughs> yeah rusty compound <laughs> all righty all right i want to go around with anybody's final thoughts so i'll start again in the top corner robin if you got any final thoughts about this movie so there's one note that i took that i, I just wanted to bring up is that I don't know where I heard this, but years ago, I remember reading or hearing someone say, you can tell how bad a movie is or how bad a script is by how many times the characters just say other people's names. And I felt like, (laughs) (laughs) I felt like this movie is really a great example of that. And they just go, they're just going around going, Michelle, Michelle, Christy, Christy, Will, Antonio, (laughs) the whole time, the whole time. (laughs) Oh, I hadn't heard that before, but now I'll be I'll keep an ear out for I, it. I always think about it and I I don't know I don't know why. But yeah, this movie, if there was no extraneous exposition, characters screaming each other's names, or just like straight up screaming, it would probably be twenty minutes long and kind of cool. <laughs> Little horror short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be great. Like imagine a real time. Like somebody takes a drug and it's like a 20 minute rage virus and it's like that. It's like real time, 20 minutes. And by the end of it, they come out of it. It could be like a whole commentary on drug use in the country and how it affects other people, you know, the other people and communities. And what they could have done a whole thing. They could have done a whole thing. <laughs> Tia, final thoughts? Yes. I, I would like to pitch a sequel because I really love the term Rombi. I think that's such a good term. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Keeping up with the, the drugs, like on a hippie commune, but make it fun, have two leads that maybe fall in love with each other in a fun way, and then it could be a rom-com, rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> a rombi rom-com. I love it. <laughs> a rombi combi. A rombi. I love it. Uh, Luke, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we've hinted at it a bunch, but this movie was just so viscerally frustrating. (laughs) It wasn't just intellectually, right? Like, we've done a lot of movies where I'm kind of just like, ugh. But this movie, I was like, fuck off movie. Classic fuck off movie. So much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess in that sense, I was more engaged than other bad movies Mm -hmm, we've done. mm -hmm. Because I was like, I felt myself like arguing with the movie and fighting with it (laughs) in a way I don't usually do when it's just kind of like, like when we did The Hills Have Eyes recently. Oh, yeah. That that whole movie, I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) but this one, I was fighting with it. So, and I think probably part of it is too, is that it did have a couple things that I think are really interesting that they decided to ignore. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's all this treasure. I'm going to go ignore it with all of this shit over here now. I'm going to go play in the shit instead of this treasure we have. So, but yeah, I think it's definitely like makes sense as a first effort into film. If I don't know if it was by this director or, or editor. I don't think so. Or actors, but it feels like across the board, this is everybody's first movie (laughs) involved in making it. So a a good first try. Definitely not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it it made me angry. <laughs> sure. for a lot of it, so. Alrighty, and Alex, 
this movie does not bring back any memories of summer camp. For me. <laughs> um, this was the farthest thing from a summer camp movie, but it was it had interesting ideas, as Lucas said. Like I think just having like the the monsters that can turn back to human and having them figure that out was like really cool idea and kept you wondering like who actually is going to survive to the end because it's just like had me guessing because it's like just because you turn into a rombie doesn't mean you're going to die mm-hmm. or you're not going to make it so it did have that kind of a little bit of suspense as to who who would make it to the end i guess if i was paying any real attention um <laughs> like w- with the opening crawl it was like the the news voiceover it was like four americans disappeared and mm-hmm. I, I should have figured out that none of them would have survived. Right. So that was my fault. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like this was not a great movie, but I did like some stuff of it, the ideas, and I think the makeup was pretty well done. Mm, yes, like, yeah. Just the the vein, like the pale face with like the black veininess, and then all the the blood blood vomiting yeah. was pretty gross and was cool to look at. But yeah, this was not a super enjoyable movie, and I'm glad it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about the the makeup effects. I thought they did look pretty cool. And that first couple times when they're just their mouth just starts bleeding like that black blood is oh, kind of yeah. like, ooh, what? That's gross. There's too much shaky cam as well. Like I, I was watching this movie and I was like, am I watching a Gordon Ramsay recipe video? <laughs> there, there was so much shaking. It was too much shaking. I, I was like getting like a little bit motion sick at times. Yeah. So um, filmmakers... Cut down on the shit. We don't need it. We don't need it. Uh, Yeah. And when I saw that there was people who were involved with Wreck in this movie, I was hopeful because we really liked Wreck when we watched it. And uh, it was very tense and scary. And I would have loved if they had found a way. I don't know if whoever had the intellectual property rights to Wreck, if they had made it sort of something that could have been maybe in the Wreck universe where it's like there's this other thing. I don't know if if either of you have seen Wreck for your movie or your podcast. Okay, well, check it out. It's real good. But anyway, there's like a reason why there's this sort of zombie thing happening at, uh, or or we call them zombos in that one. Uh, Why there's this zombo outbreak in the apartment. And I would have loved to see if they had like tied in a little bit of history because Wreck is also set in Spain. It's set in, I think Madrid is where the apartment building is. And so, you know, Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. My, my apologies. Okay. It's actually Bar- Barcelona. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah no, neither did anybody in this <laughs> what movie. Did, what did Luke say? I don't understand Spanish. I can't. I need something to translate it. I would have loved it if, if that was what happened. But this is, again, me critiquing a movie that didn't exist. And the movie that we did get was kind of, uh, it was ho-hum. I could, we've all said the idea of it was interesting, but the execution was was no good and i think that's too bad because this this movie had a lot of potential and the fact that it was like a summer camp movie that doesn't just have a slasher in the woods who's killing people imagine that imagine the the realms of possibility and it's still just like oh well this is this is the other option we've had so far okay yeah (laughs) all right so then now what we do our next section is called the scariest part of the entire movie so we all go around and pick which part of the movie was the scariest and i don't mind kicking it off if you all need a second to think about it but for me the scariest part of this movie was the first time when the dog like when the eyes change on the dog and the blood changed when will was going to get bit like will was absolutely going to get bit there was no doubt in my mind and like just like that tension being built up was very effective to me once everybody was running around like a zombie or a rombie it wasn't as scary but this just that initial 
change of the dog was freaky and it reminded me of the thing where you know the dog kind of freaks out in that one as well okay robin i'll go to you i'm gonna go with the car ride and michelle's transformation in the car Mm. when she's banging her head against the dashboard and she's like really losing it i thought it was a a very good performance and b Mm -hmm. if i was christy in the passenger seat i'd be flipping out yeah Instead of being like, Michelle, tell me calmly what's wrong. Like, clearly <laughs> yeah. something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tiet, what's your scariest part? You know, I want to agree with Robin also that that car ride was probably the most authentic part of the movie. And then also her being strapped in the seatbelt because she made a very obvious motion of putting on her seatbelt before going, like, while her friend is freaking out about getting out of there. And I did, like, that did, That was, like, a good, scary, nice, tense scene you know, I, I did like when Christy was in the pool, when Will throws her in there. And you know that she's going to jump up. You know that she's going to be <laughs> there. But there was something that was really like like just being on the edge because he has to get his glasses, which is also a feeling that I know. But like having to reach <laughs> yeah. for your yeah. glasses, knowing that there is this terror that's like right there. And like you mm. knew that she was going to jump up. Like you, even when you know the jump scare is coming, there's always still a moment when it actually happens and he peers over and she's just like raging at him. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the scariest moment, but it, I thought it was a very fun moment. And then leading into my, again, my favorite scene of her <laughs> angrily climbing <laughs> out of the, the ladder. Pool. Love it. All right, Luke. I mean, I wasn't really scared at anything in this movie because the jump scares were also like telegraphed. Mm-hmm. But the. When Will got drilled in the foot, I have one summer when I was roofing, I have stepped on a nail before and it just sucks. So I empathized with him at least. And then it was just still spinning. That was funny. Yeah, that was the part where it could be. It could have been a straight up comedy with the drill just spinning around in his foot. So my scariest part is really just the most like Mm. gut empathy part for someone who's got a drill in their foot or a nail or something because that sucks. I did love at the end how Will was helping Christy like she, walk she on says, her sprained I ankle. I sprained my ankle. <laughs> yeah, and did, well, did she he manage had his been foot by taping on around his shoe? Yeah, duct tape. It's like how Leia comforts Luke after Obi Wan dies, even though Leia's whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, your mentor who you knew for two days is dead. My whole planet just blew up, but I'll we'll, we'll comfort yeah, you, right? <laughs> you're clearly in more pain. <laughs> uh, Alex, scariest part. I guess for me, my scariest part was when Michelle like starts climbing the drain pipe because. At that point, you're like, oh, okay, we're, we're working with these kind of rombies, right? Mm-hmm. Like the thing, the ones that are dexterous, are fast, can run, can do things that humans can. And that kind of just sets you up for the rest of the movie of what to expect from, you know, the monsters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That one. Yeah, I'd rather have the slow walking ones that can't do anything. Right, but... the ones that just sh- shuffle along. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's time to rate the movie now, and we rate it on a on a five point rating, and we usually pick something from the movie or something from the conversation to rate it out of. I, I would like to offer the choice to rate this movie out of something to one of you two lovely guests, Robin or Tiet. If you have something that you think would be funny to rate it out of five, you you may go ahead. Oh man, I mean, I I think Rombies is like the hashtag of this episode, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> sure. Would it be like a rage scale then? Like the Rami like rage, rage scale? Like regular mushroom to purple mushroom? Or a rage mushroom? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like one drop of the water is like a one, and then two, you know, you're you're dealing with the a full mouthful of water. Three, we're working with the mushroom, and all the way five, it's like the full berry. Right. <laughs> all right, then let's do uh, yeah, rage rage candies out of out rage of five candies. rage candies. <laughs> Go ahead, Robin, take it away. I'm gonna give this movie two point five rage candies because that is approximately the number of moments where I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, yet? I'm also a solid 2.5, right in the middle, again, feeling very neutral. I'm not mm-hmm. mad that I watched this movie, but if I didn't watch it, I would feel exactly the same. Fair enough. Okay, Luke. I have a bit of a grudge against this movie because I always <laughs> feel a little bit embarrassed when I let myself get angry at a movie that's bad. <laughs> I feel like I should be able to rise above it. But both with The Hitcher and this one, I found myself being like, oh my God. So I'm going to dock it points because of my own uh, bruised ego a little bit by letting it get to me. So 1.75. 1.75 Rage Bears. <laughs> All right, Alex. This was better than the movies we did last month, but not by a lot. <laughs> by, by a very few amount, small amount, few amount. Yeah, it was fine for like small parts of it, cool ideas, and then it was just horribly obnoxious for a large <laughs> chunk. So I'm going to give it two out of five Rage Berries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I am feel similarly about this movie. It's nice when we all kind of feel similarly about a movie. This movie gets some points for ingenuity and a new concept, but I feel like it needed to be developed more, and I would love to see maybe a second take or this this same exact idea but just like tightened up, just tighten everything up a little bit. And so I feel very comfortable giving this one also a 2.5 Rage Berries out of five. Yeah, by by a long margin, not the most annoying movie ever, but it's no like Midsummer. It's no Hereditary. It's not one right, of those right. elevated horrors. Well, it's not even Wreck, which is like <laughs> the other movie that it's like trying to be. It was interesting because there's also people who were like the producers from The Conjuring and Annabelle. And I was like, oh, there's like some horror movie cred behind this but i guess i know I, I i watched the trailer it the the exact word was one of the producers oh, yeah it. i was That's gonna say so from, they, they picked the worst yeah, from producer. working again from working at film festivals <laughs> you can just say whatever if you <laughs> from one of the minds who worked on the conjuring it's like i was the caterer yes <laughs> right yeah. right yeah written by someone that read shakespeare once you know it's like <laughs> oh amazing <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. I got I got lured in by the big glitzy, you know, big name horror, and yeah, egg is on my face, I guess. All right, well, we have one more section before uh, saying goodbye and doing all our social media plugs, and that is one of my favorite parts of this show, and it's called the something to cheer section. And so, what we do on this, we just pick something that we're cheering that's happened in the past week. So, just something in your own life that you're just like, ah, this was fun, uh, I liked it, and uh, mine is going to be simple, and it's that. I'm moved to the Eastern Canada for the first time. I'm going to have a full East East summer and it has been above 30 degrees Celsius for the last like few days. Super hot, super humid. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. I think it's like high 90s, not maybe not 90s, like high 80s or something. It's it's up there. It's warm. And yesterday there was a storm that came through and broke the heat wave and just like feeling the the rush of like a rainstorm coming was just like such a relief after being hot and sweaty and sticky and and so that's my cheer little little weather reprieve uh alex you cheer now okay okay i'll cheer right now 
My cheer is I've been listening a lot to the new Kendrick album that came out. It's very good. It's been on repeat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's good. Yeah, I like it. That's my That's cheer. That's All right. Luke. So this one is like, I still work with kids. <laughs> and for my job, I have to get, if not full lifeguard status, then Bronze Cross. Okay. So I'm like back at the pool training to be that with like all of these 15, 16 year olds. <laughs> so that's been like a little bit humbling <laughs> given their metabolism and swimming ability. But uh, the other night we had to do our 400 meter endurance swim and I passed by five seconds. Oh, nice. And I was like really nervous because you have to do it in 11 minutes. And my previous best was 11.58. So I, I shaved a minute and three Holy seconds. Holy damn. Uh, so <laughs> That's huge. I, you know, like the, the other kids are finishing in like eight <laughs> minutes, but you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. I was really nervous about it. And that's impressive. My heart was pounding. I felt like I was going to die, <laughs> but I did it in under 11 nice. minutes. <laughs> Good job. Nicely done. Nicely done. It took me, it took me three times to get it in under 12 minutes in the previous course. So it's definitely. There you go. Well, there you go. Is there, is there a next level or is this the final bar? There better fucking not be a next <laughs> level because I'm not doing it. <laughs> You don't want to be a lifeguard. No, that I bad. think I think just this one I can pass and then do what I have to do. All right, Tiet, what are you cheering this week? This is pretty dorky, but th- this this is what I'm cheering is watching this movie and being on this podcast. It's been, you know, well, it's like world news is tough. American politics mm-hmm. is frustrating. Been very busy with work this week. I haven't had a lot of time to do anything else but work. And so taking like the 84 minutes to watch this dumb movie and then taking this time (laughs) to like talk and laugh about this dumb movie truly is one of my favorite things to do and gives me such joy, you know, because even though it's a bad movie, it's really fun. It's almost more fun to talk about it when it's bad. Mm. That has happened. (laughs) We definitely know how you feel there. (laughs) I agree. That's great. It's been lovely. Yeah. What are you cheering, Robin? This is... Not nearly as impressive as anyone else's, but I made a delicious cake yesterday. <laughs> hey, that's amazing. <laughs> and it's I have to eat gluten-free. It is a flourless almond coconut cake. It is like basically a giant macaroon, and it is delicious, and I am very proud of it. <laughs> well, that's great. That's exactly the spirit of the Something to Cheer section. Like, there's no... There's no minimum entry requirements to what you're cheering. <laughs> if there was, though, it would be an okay cake. <laughs> Just got to be under 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Under 11 under minutes, minutes now. Yeah. 11, right? <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy the cake. And yeah, so we'll we'll wrap up the show. But please, Robin and Chiet, take some time. Tell people where they can find the show. Make sure you send me any of the details so I can include it in the show notes. But yeah, where can people find you? We are on Twitter at Bunk237. We are on Instagram at Bunk237pod because whoever owns Bunk237 on Instagram would not give it to us. <laughs> So if you know them, can you Root. talk Classic. to them about that? <laughs> and you can also find us on the internet in general at bunk237.com and also on every podcast platform ever. If you just search bunk237, ah, horror movie mm-hmm. podcast. You can um, also email us at bunk237 at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, anything, cake recipes. <laughs> We're here for all of it. Pictures of dogs. <laughs> Pictures of dogs, always accepted. Okay. Great, great, great. I found your show after starting my show and just sort of like the algorithm on Instagram was like, hey, you did a horror movie podcast. Here is more. Yes. And so your show is really fun. I really like the conceit of giving things merit badges. It's one of the most most clever sort of gimmicks in a horror movie podcast that I've learned about in the last year. Thank years you. And so 
Um, it's, yeah, it's very fun. It's a fun little show. Everyone should go listen to it. And okay, well, we'll wrap up. Robin and Tiet, if you want to go, if you have somewhere to be, we're just going to do credits and social media and stuff. So you're welcome to jump off if you have to go. Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna stop this recording then, I guess, and make sure I save it and get it to you. Yeah. Okay, Thank cool. you guys so much for having us. Thank you so much. This was yeah. awesome. Thanks for coming. So Thanks fun for coming. to talk yeah. about this. It was a lot of fun. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye to our friends and we will we'll wrap it up. So yeah. Bye. 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 See ya. Okay. And then we'll wrap up our part of the show by thanking everybody. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for following the show. If you are from, if you're listening from Punk 237 Fandom, you can listen to us on any other podcast apps that you may find. Nothing to Fear Podcast is what we are. You can follow us on Nothing to Fear Podcast on Instagram, NTF Pod on Twitter. And you can also follow me. I'm at Design Billy on Instagram and Twitter. And Luke, where can people find your stuff? So I have two other podcasts, one called Really True Fiction, which I host with my cousin David, where we talk about the real life ideas or thoughts in classic works of fiction, whether they be movie, book, TV show, predominantly those three, though there's a few mm-hmm. other. And there's also The Liberal Soul, where I talk about some classic texts in liberal philosophy and liberal thinkers, as well as talking to people about their passions and interests. And those two podcasts, Really True Fiction and Liberal Soul, can be found on all podcasting apps of your choice. Wonderful. And Alex, where can the folks get in touch with you? Nowhere, but you can (laughs) follow what I'm listening to on one song a day, all one word on Instagram, W-A-N is the one and i post a song that i like or am listening to on there every single day wonderful all right and so we are going to continue our summer theme the theme is summer it's june it's hot it's sweaty and i know i took your turn to pick luke but i will now give it to you so what are we (laughs) i thought you were gonna say but i will take this one but i'll tell you what we're watching next weekend luke you don't get to pick it no no luke it's your turn to pick What are we going to watch for next week's episode? Okay, so, you know, summertime, starting to get a little bit warmer. Maybe you want to go to the beach, right? Maybe you want to go to the lake. So next week, we're going to go all the way to Australia and visit Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. Ooh, I have not heard about that one. And I look forward to finding which countries Netflix is on. It is an Australian (laughs) horror movie. How do you spell it? M-U-N-G-O. M-U-N-G-O. Okay. It's uh, 2008, I think. Okay. Something like that. And it's a, I think it's a found footage, Australian outback horror movie. All right. Cool. So we will see you all next week. Watch Lake Mungo if you want to be up on the episode. And thank you once again to Robin and Tiet from Bunk237 for joining us on this very special episode of Nothing to Fear. Remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.